We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This hour is brought to you by Cars for Kids. Call 1-877-CARS with a K, the numeral 4 kids. The Bernstein and Holmes Show. Middays, 10 a.m. till 2 on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Dan Bernstein, Lawrence Holmes. Billy Donovan talk, and he had a really good back and forth with Joe Cowley. And I think that it'll be interesting to Bulls fans because of what he says about how this team is being evaluated by Arturis Karnaschovas. I don't think Arturis is going to look at, you know, okay, we beat Milwaukee, we beat Philly, so everything's fine. Like, we've got to obviously play more consistently. Like, I think Arturis, quite honestly, is he's looking at it from the All-Star break last year where, you know, I think we were maybe tied for first or second going into the break and then looking at the break, you know, from there. Because I think what you have to do is when Caruso went out and Patrick didn't play, you know, our team coming out of the break we just never got Lonzo back why are we talking about the executive VP of the Bulls like he's the Wizard of Oz I mean that's kind of what it feels it's like serious, it's like he's some made up concept where is he and why is Billy Donovan speaking for him Bernstein and Holmes your midday destination for Chicago sports talk when it comes to looking at this team if they don't make any moves is that them saying, no, 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 we had it right. We're just missing a really important piece. On Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Turning on our microphone before we're talking. How about that? Well, at least we, this we've had time some I issues. Didn't, I didn't break it. <laughs> this is, now it's me today. Whatever you had transferred over to me. I still think that we might need to use some WD-40. Like, let's do yeah, you got to turn it off before you move it. It's pretty squeaky. Yeah. I do like the overhand, though. This one, this one's still under. I, I could. I mean, you could flip it around, no, but I don't think the I chances can. of you breaking yeah, it. I, I would break it. I would break it. We're broadcasting live from the Hyundai Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. It is Wednesday, and you say, where's Layla? She's under the weather, so she needs to sleep. She doesn't, yeah, she doesn't she, sleep enough. She works too much. She doesn't sleep enough, so uh, she needs sleep. And she needs some soup, and then she she'll, needs soup. Yes, yeah, I, I, because that helps everything. Soup is always good. All you, right, you can never go wrong with a nice soup. I, I agree with that, but she probably needs the sleep more. Sleep and yeah, well, sleep first, then soup, and then more sleep, and then more soup, and that's my prescription. And then you're fine. So Adam Hogue is going to join us at ten forty. Kevin Harlan at eleven. Mike Florio at eleven twenty five. High noon at eleven forty. Kaylin Kaler at twelve twenty five. We've got some White Sox stuff. Oh, Lord. Yeah. Uh, it's already being discussed on White Sox Twitter. I have noticed White Sox Twitter is starting to begin. It's in hard grumble mode. They've- 
that, that, that's if you listen very closely and put your ear up to your screen, you can hear White Sox Twitter. <laughs> Well, you know what these guys. Okay, next question. That's it. That's the that's that's White Sox Twitter. It's like sounds like Tony Larusa half napping. I, I am. I, I don't know what to do about Patrick Williams, man. Dan, I don't know what to do about him either. But here's my thing. It's too easy to take his heart, man. You find any sort of tough forward slash center. And it's like they pick him out and they go, all right, we can mess with it. We can punk this dude. And then he just stays punked. Like he was, he was taken out of this game in the first four minutes of the game. Now to his credit, he rebounded in the second half, but it wasn't enough. And it just was like, "Mm, don't like it. Man, I was a, <laughs> I was around a coach. We're, we're preparing for a, we were shoot around getting ready for a game, and the league I was in, you you would it was like in slap shot at the end where they're they're just realizing who's on the opposing team because it was like that. You'd get to a game and you'd realize the other team got a new guy or three new guys. Like, wait, when did they get this guy? So we're shoot around and, the, and we look at the rosters and I, and I said to the coach, I said, oh, they and I, I didn't want to name the the guy, but he was. People would probably know who he was if people were, were longtime Bulls fans. And I said, oh, they just got this guy. And he goes, I don't care about that guy. I said, what do you mean? I said, he's really good. He's like, it gets 20 and 10. He goes, not if you punch him in the neck or the game starts. That's right. I, I said, I said, what do you say? Just seriously, somebody just go out, throw an elbow right in the middle of his chest. You won't hear from him the rest of the game. That was the scouting report on him. And I'll be damned if, if they didn't do just that and he didn't say boo. That's how I feel about Patrick Williams. And maybe at some point he'll um, he'll grow into that. Um, were you watching LeBron last night? No, I. It's this doesn't these inevitable. It's one thing if if somebody if you find out via Twitter some guy's going for seventy points, right, or something. He's this was inevitable. Well, I mean, yeah, it was inevitable, but it's still. Yeah, I was. I was really not. impressive. It is, but I. I don't know. It's it. I, it there's something about it that the inevitability of it sort of takes away the the, the drama. Well, the drama was would he do it last night or tomorrow night, and the amount of money that was spent on tickets for tomorrow was it tonight's game or tomorrow night's game, where a lot of people lost money because they spent seventy five thousand dollars because they wanted to be in the house on the night that he breaks the record. And you could tell that he wanted to kind of get this over with. They did end up losing the game to a team that right now what is in front of them as they try to make their way into the the play-in. And that's discouraging. But I'm happy for LeBron because I do think that not that you necessarily needed any more evidence, but I think it offers people something that they can hold up and say, Here's why he's the greatest. If you want to make that argument, here here's the argument for LeBron as the greatest. He's going to be number one in points, and that's probably never going to be caught mm-hmm. because of production and longevity, and he'll end up probably number three in assists. Like you look at both of those things and you go, what's the argument against? So, uh, I mean... 
there was there's been a lot of media fanboying going on. Yeah, I didn't understand too. what you meant about this. When I, you... Maybe it's the people I follow on Twitter. It's just like, all right, hey, I, I just there's a lot of people riding LeBron and he, did is this new? Like, is this just dawning on people how great he is? Is this just all the way to second here? Like, it's it's I, I'm I'm amazed. It's like who's you're not paying attention. I think that there are a lot of people. You talk about inevitability. I think that there are a lot of people who just have accepted, like, it's the only answer is Jordan. For and what? For greatest of all time. Oh, Jesus. Come on. I do. Like, th- this has been, I, I, am, I, am, I am so tired of this. And I don't know why people don't realize players get better over time. Every year, players get better. Yeah. If if somebody is this obviously the best player and is playing right now, yeah, but to some people it's not that. But obvious. that's wrong. That's it's, my it's, point. It's objectively wrong. It's like say, but like people don't do you care know, about the objective; you know, they that, care that, about the subject. But, that, but seriously, it's like, come on. Do you know that's like Mike Trout is the best baseball player ever? How dare you? He just is. Players get better over time. Players now are better than players then. You're not better than Barry Bull. Uh, come on. I mean, Barry Bonds, the guy wasn't facing every pitcher throwing 99 and 97 mile-an-hour sliders and 3,000 RPM change-ups. Sure, I mean, they were just walking Come him on. Because he just hit home just runs. Play, players get better. Players now are better than players then. And when you have someone, when you're even having the conversation about somebody who's 38 years old, currently averaging 30 points, 8.5 rebounds, and 7.1 assists <laughs> right now. This is not the tail end of some end of career limping along. Yeah, you got the record. He's, 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 he will finish in the top 10 for MVP. Yes. Like, what are you talking about? Like, it's just dawning Maybe on top you. Five. Maybe I need to reconsider. Where the hell have you been? It's just dumb. I'm telling you that there have been people who have been hiding inside the and, and feeling emboldened because they grew up watching Jordan, that Jordan is the gold standard and that there'll never be anyone else because Jordan went 6-0 and in the finals. And then it's like, well, Bill Russell won eight in a row. So right. I mean, what it, about that? It's, but and then that gets excluded from any sort because you're like, well, he was playing mailman. All right. And then when you start talking about Kareem, people are like, well, what Kareem do? Well, he scored all those points without three-pointers. So that's a big deal. And, you know, won a bunch of championships. But it's a, it's a very strange place that we live in, Dan, when it comes to the argument. Like, I, I hate, like, I'll just say it. Like, I'll just say it and just live with it. I absolutely hate Mount Rushmore topics. Ugh. I think it's the laziest thing that we do in our industry. But people live in these spaces of they have to feel like they they have to stake their claim on their guy. And Jordan's my guy. Okay? I, I grew up here. I'm living in Chicago as Jordan is winning championships. He's my guy. And as much as he's my guy, how can you not look at LeBron and go, wow, look at the evolution? And that's what people don't do. They, it, It's so static for people and, and stagnant. Like, it's you, you don't realize or appreciate the evolution. Like, and, and that's to me, is the best kind of legacy. 
the standard that's set by Magic and Bird makes Players for get better every year. Right, makes for a place where Michael Jordan can show up. Michael Jordan set such a lofty and high standard that there's a kid in Akron, Ohio that's like, I I could do some of that stuff. And then we get this with LeBron James. LeBron James sets such a standard that there's a kid in Estonia going, I I could do that. If that if I just got a chance, I could do that. Like or, it, or maybe there's a kid in France. Well, there's definitely a kid in France. The you chances, I mean, who knows? I mean, we could get a guy who's seven nine and it's four, definitely four hundred and thirty pounds. It's and, going that way. Yes, yes. But that's in every sport. That's what's. That's why sports are awesome. Sports are awesome because they we we get to see all of this this artificial selection and 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 natural and the training and the, the what guys of different sizes. Are, are realize wait, just because I'm supposed to play this position, I'm going to redefine it. I'm going to do something completely different. I'm going to play a different position because I want to, and I grew up doing this, and I figured out that. And and some and that's why the sports have to adjust. Baseball is, is having to figure out what to do with all, with with the quality of pitching. Baseball's broken because everybody throws a hundred all the time. Yeah, but and I, they don't know what to do. But, and, and and that's that's what sports have. There there is there there are. A, evolutionary adjustments that are made because of how good everybody gets at things. Right, but but to stick with the basketball part of it, part of this is goalpost moving when making our arguments. Like people talk like again, to to go back to 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 go back to Jordan. Well, someone even texted here, rings is more important than points. Then I offer you Bill Russell. Right, then Bill Russell's the best ever. Right? But you're going to make an argument against him winning eight straight. Okay, that's interesting that you would do that. Kareem's got, what, five, six MVPs along with a bunch of titles and the, had the, the the points title. And is the greatest and, college basketball player, the guy who right. was like final four most outstanding right. player all three years he was eligible to do it. But But people will dismiss that. They took the dunk out because of him. Right. They made dunking illegal. But people will dismiss that because no matter it's it's whatever your guy is, that's how you're going to frame the argument, and you're going to try to ice the other candidates. But you, out. Can, you can have a guy, but you can, you're not allowed to be stupid on purpose. You you can you can say, you can like somebody, yeah, but people, like somebody all you want. But people are one hundred percent stuck in their stupidity. All right, well, when it comes to this, like not and and the I love the 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 knock against LeBron is like. Oh, he doesn't have the killer instinct, and and JJ Reddick did a really great breakdown of this on, on uh, his his, his uh, old man in the three podcast. If you go and actually look, because the thing that people say about LeBron is that he's not clutch. He he's got more clutch shots than anyone in the history of basketball. Like yes. from the pure definition of clutch, last second tying or winning shots. A lot of that's selected by people. Only remember the ones that go in. Right, for but their, he's for got a bunch of them that the have gone that in. Yeah, I, right, and he's still doing it. Right, it's just a wild thing. All right, I, I just think there's there there is there has to be a greater understanding of when you talk about quality of athlete, they're better every year. The average professional athlete is better every year. If you took 
most of the guys on the Corn Ferry Tour now mm-hmm. and sent them back to 1978, they would destroy everyone at golf. They'd wreck the field. This, and this is the same in every sport. If you bring... If you, if you dropped 28-year-old Tiger Woods... Not even! I'm not even talking about that. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about the... the like, hey, Bobby Jones, my name's Eldrick. Just, Watch just, this! I'm not even that far back. If you go back to even when it was like, you know, Weisskopf and Nicholas and Trevino, the, those guys would be like, what the hell? Where everybody's driving 300 yards. Right. I mean, come on! You send Dustin Johnson... Not even Dustin... Not even the freaks... Just the dudes, the same in tennis. You got people who are at the very back end, and you you plop them down against some of these guys and against Rod Laver. He wouldn't be able to return a thing. Are you kidding me? He <laughs> jerking him around like a trout. It's crazy. Look, I mean, so NFL quarterbacks. You want to compare these guys? These guys chain smoking at halftime. <laughs> you drop Justin Fields. You drop Justin Fields into the 1950s. Right, come on! And they're like, "What the hell is that? Where'd he go? I don't know. I couldn't see him." You know, it's that that, that lack of understanding. Go hey, back, guys. What just happened? Oh, he ran like 90 yards. I always challenge people to do this. Watch if you can find it on YouTube. Watch an NBA game from 1986. So bad. Watch a game. I don't mean highlights. I mean find a find an NBA game. Whoever you, whatever your team was, whatever you watch a game. Even even 1992. Watch a whole game, and you're gonna say this sucks. It looks like college basketball. They're now. slow. They're out of shape. They don't. They, they can't jump. Just watch one of those games where all of your golden memories sit through a whole game from back then. Patrick Mahomes shows up in the 70s. Right, that's what I mean. <laughs> Wait, you can throw the ball like that? How did you throw to a guy that you weren't looking at? Oh, well, I don't know, we do that now. We we just practice it and we do it. Just this thing. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the Bulls. All right, great. We'll talk about their loss to Memphis, and Dan's got some questions about why one of the members of the Bulls was missing last night. We'll do that next here on The Score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Dan Bernstein, Lawrence Holmes, Middays 10 to 2 on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. And this game is over. Memphis... Stops a three-game slide. In the meantime, the Bulls, in their efforts to win four in a row for the first time this season, 
goes for naught. And the Grizzlies beat the Bulls here in Memphis 104-89. chance to head on over to Graceland and spend a couple hours being really sad because Graceland is just really sad. It's a very sad place. It is depressing and American and it makes you feel bad. <laughs> it really, it really, all of it, everything about Graceland makes you miserable. It's like you're, you're contemplating all of the, to the people who are actually responsible for his music and how they never saw a penny from it. And then all, all of the, you know, his televisions and the shag carpeting and the kitsch and the, the drugs and the old and fat. It ends with him dead on the toilet in his racquetball court. And then he's buried there. And you just want to, <laughs> you just want to crawl under a rock after it. Really? Like, hey, let's go to Graceland. Don't. Yeah. It's, it's, it's it, it doesn't make you feel good. Have to you go been there? Yeah. I was like, I was in Memphis. There was a conference USA tournament. That's I, and I'm like, oh, I'll go to Graceland. And I was like, oh, I should not have done this. Like, it's awful. Yes. Yeah. It's absolutely awful. And all you do is go, oh, that's too bad. Like that's uh, that's that's the whole feeling and, that you have. And this is where he would sit in the kitchen, and he had to have televisions on all the time. This and is where he, he shot his television. Right. He would see his television here, and this is his room with three televisions. And and. and Here's the racquetball court, and that's the bathroom where he died. Like, oh, there's his grave. Yeah. Okay. It's not great. He 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 was famous and kind of threw his life away, but he was famous because he stole, stole a lot of black a lot of music yes. that was created by black people who never got the credit for it. Yep, it's the truth. Um, why do you think Demar wasn't at the game yesterday? I, they they say hurt, and I we hadn't heard anything about it. Nobody saw him limping. Nobody's nobody had any indication of an injury, and I I don't I have no reason to think they're lying. But it just seemed weird this close to the trade deadline that he didn't take the trip. wasn't there? Like I'll sit this one out. I, I I just found it odd. I really did. So if he doesn't show up in Brooklyn tomorrow, well, I, the trade deadline will be before that, right? right. So, huh. I guess it is. It'll be fun to track Demar Derozan. Demar Derozan. Seven seven three. The way you feel about Graceland is the way I feel about the entire South. Well, not the entire South, <laughs> but no, yes, there is. Line, there yeah. is a lot of sad yes. in the South, yes. and there's a lot of sad miles to drive. Yes, I I drove from New Orleans to Tuscaloosa. And uh, yeah, I, I drove from New Orleans to Hattiesburg. Well, Hattiesburg was like the the midway stop, and I was like, "Am I going to get gas?" And I was like, "Nah," because it's Hattiesburg. Hattiesburg itself is sad. Like some of these That's places, the end of the earth. Some of these places, you feel like, mm. well, you're you're going to feel a little different than I'm going to feel. Yes, yeah. Some of these places, you just go. That's not for me. Yeah, it wasn't a fun place for the Bulls as they got bullied. They they got bullied by a tougher team out there. And it's if you don't make shots, you allow other things to happen. And they just couldn't shoot. I I didn't actually think they took bad shots last night. I was I was not angry with the selection. No, their shot selection was totally fine, but they kept getting shots blocked. Like that was problematic. Like early on, Memphis set a tone defensively. And they were able to, I think, I think that they took Patrick Williams completely out of the game. And this was the type of game, Kendall and, and Will were talking about it in post game. 
This is the type of game where you say to Patrick, DeMar's not here. Go. Like, go do your thing. And, when, and he won't. He had one really good rebound and put back, and I thought, all right, okay, he's engaging. He, he's, he's there. He's engaging. He doesn't know how big and strong and fast he is. It's Ferdinand the Bull. Be big and strong and fast and tough. And how many, this is the other thing that pisses me off. He, his hands are enormous. Mm-hmm. And once a game, he just flat loses the ball on a drive. He either just drops it or he kicks it out of his own hand or he brings it down too low where somebody can can tap it away. Just cradle that thing. Do the Derek. Do so his they call him the paw. I mean, I, I don't understand why people knock the ball away from him so easily. I, I it it's a frustrating watch to watch him because you can see you can see all of the good and you just go, come on, man. Like these guys are trying to intimidate you. And you let them. Don't let them. And then, of course, there's Zach in late-game situations doing Zach-type stuff in late-game situations, mm-hmm. like missing free throws. He missed seven free throws. When you're an 83% Four. shooter, not good. Not good. We'll talk more about the Bulls as the show goes on. We got to talk with Adam Hope. You want to know why? Why? Because he's out at the Super Bowl. Cool. And he's the guy that like got all the questions answered. From, from Matt Nagy. So we got to ask him some questions about that and the Bears, and we'll do it next here on The Score. Adam Hogg says... Adam Hogue, Bears beat writer for CHGO Sports. What's up, everyone? My name's Adam Hogue. This is the CHGO Bears podcast. We just need to kick Adam Hodge off the show and let him come back on Tuesday. Host of the Hogue and John's podcast. Mark Tressman's face just popped up on my computer, by the way. Adam Hogue. Adam Hoagie or Hogg? Excuse me, I don't know how to pronounce the last name. With Bernstein and Holmes. On 670 The Score. Radio Row is our next stop. Adam Hogue of CHGO Sports, co-host of the Hogue and John's podcast, is in Phoenix. And he is joining us now, not only on the Score Hotline, presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book, but also on our Twitch stream, twitch.tv slash Chicago 670 The Score. And you should be hanging out there, by the way, joining that wacky conversation and seeing all the video stuff as well. What's going on, man? How are you? It looks like fun there. It's at the scene. Yeah. Um, well, wacky is a good word. I always call this like wacky Wednesday or weird Wednesday because this, this is the craziest day where, you know, the wild things start to happen where I, I don't have a good example right now it's too early in the morning but it just gets packed in here and the most random people ever are walking around as you guys know you've been here yep it's- so so Hulk, how how weird was media night i know that you were actually working but what were there was there someone in a bride's dress was there didn't i see someone in a barrel or something yeah yeah there was a guy Jim in a Henry. barrel <laughs> there was a guy in a barrel there was uh like an old spice deodorant like mascot thing um <laughs> it wasn't you, you know here's the thing though like that was the first media night we've really had since pre-covid since the miami super bowl a few years ago so because the teams even last year didn't show up until wednesday or thursday so i i think it was a little the show wasn't toned down i mean they have turned that into a huge like stage the Phoenix Suns Arena is sold out to hear a bunch of people talk on a jumbotron, and they can't even hear them. It's it's really weird, but uh, that that many people show up for that, in my opinion. But um, yeah, it's still a fun event, and it's 
honestly, the weird thing is, as weird as it gets, it's actually great access because you could pick off any anybody from either of the teams at any given moment because they're just all there available. Yeah, that's what uh, Dan and I were talking about, how it's so great because everyone has to be available, which is yeah. part of the reason that you got the opportunity to talk with Matt Nagy. So, so how many people were inside of that news conference with Matt Nagy? Because I'm, I'm curious if anyone from Kansas City even talked to him or if it was just a contingent of Chicago people that wanted to post more on him. Yeah, it was, um, it was mostly Chicago people, I think, for at least the first half hour. I mean, because he's available for a full hour. So, um, you know, it's kind of impressive, actually, that they sit there for that long. Like, Howie Roseman was getting asked by, about A.J. Brown, I think, 25 times um, by the time the whole hour was up. So, they're, you know, they're constantly dealing with the same questions over and over again. And obviously the Chicago contingent, and there was probably, I don't know, 10 of us when you include, like, the the, the photogs that were there, too. Um, we huddled in there right away trying to get Nagy. And there were a couple of national reporters, actually, that were um, – you know, just trying to get stuff on Andy Reid, and they're trying to write a story on Andy Reid, and they're just firing off questions about Andy Reid at the start, and we're and we're like, uh, can you see that like all of Chicago is here trying to talk to Nagy for the first time in a year? Um, so we battled through that. We got there. We got things on track, and then um, I think at this point you guys have all heard it, but it you know it turned into a pretty open and honest conversation because I I had a feeling he would do that, you know, be willing to talk about Chicago, but. It very easily could have just been, no, I'm coaching the Chiefs now, and let's talk about Mahomes, let's talk about the game on Sunday, and, I, you know, you could, if he had gone that route, you couldn't really fault him. Biggest game of his career is coming up on Sunday, so, but the fact that he was open and honest about everything in Chicago, I thought was, um, it, it certainly was interesting, to say the least. Who else were you seeking out? Who else, sometimes you find somebody unexpectedly interesting in those situations as well. Yeah, um, well, how about Howie Roseman? I mean, for one, the guy's just an incredible GM, but the Bears have an interesting connection with Ian Cunningham, um, who, so I, I, I found Howie, asked him about losing Ian Cunningham a year ago, the Bears' assistant general manager, and he was, you know, right away, definitely did not want to lose that guy, but also knew that he's going to be a GM very quickly. And the way he put it to me right away, he's like, Chicago is renting Ian Cunningham. And um, and I think Ryan Poles knows that too because I, th- I think Ryan thought that there was a chance that Ian was going to leave this year for one of the two jobs he interviewed for, both in Tennessee and Arizona. And he got offered the Cardinals job. He could have had it if he wanted to. Doesn't seem like anybody wants those jobs right now with nope. Kyler Murray, which is uh, one of the more interesting side stories, I'd say, uh, that has been going on this week on Radio Row. There's been some interesting things about Kyler Murray, um, and they can't find a head coach. So, but back to Ian, it just, you know, I think the Bears have a very valuable asset right now with Ian Cunningham that's really well respected around the league. And I think it was sort of got glossed over through some of the Kevin Warren news and that hire that went through that cycle a couple weeks ago. But in the middle of all that, the Bears could have lost their number two guy in the front office. And considering all the decisions that need to be make, made this offseason and how crucial of an offseason it is for Ryan Poles, I think that's one of the more underrated things that's already happened in this offseason, that Ian Cunningham's still a member of the Bears. What did Howie Roseman say makes 
Ian special? Well, what are the things that he thinks makes him a good candidate to be a GM? Yeah, I mean, well, the obvious answer to that is just he's he's talented from a, a scouting perspective. Clearly, they, they they view him that way. But there's there's um there's a a communication aspect, and I think um. I've heard this about how he kind of got on it, but I've heard this too from Ryan Poles and, and other people. Just like Ian has a way of connecting and having these conversations when they get in the room and they start talking about these players, there's just no ego involved in it. Because you guys know this. Like, uh, scouts get attached to certain players. Right? process or in free agency and they're just like no this is my guy we got to get this guy whatever it takes that's what happened with Mitch Trubisky right to some extent and led to a mistake and you got to be able to sit in that room and be able to hear everybody's opinions and take it all in and then make informed decisions and so one of the things that I've I've heard about Ian Cunningham is that he does that He's able to take all that, but also when he's the person offering up differing opinions, it's respected enough that Ryan Poles, like if they don't agree on something, you know, it it matters. Like, oh, okay, well, if Ian thinks this, then we got to really consider this. And a lot of times he's obviously right. Now, when you look at this Eagles roster, um, I saw a note this morning that was going around social media that all but one starter on offense is a Philadelphia Eagles draft pick. Wow. And that's A.J. Brown, right? That's wow. insane. I mean, that what doesn't happen testament. in the NFL. What a testament. Right? I mean, that is – that's amazing. Mm-hmm. So, and obviously Howie Roseman gets the credit, but when – because we have – one of our outlets is in Phoenix, right? PHNX, uh, part of our all-city group. Well, they're, they're doing all these stories right now about how nobody wants to coach there what's going on why didn't Ian Cunningham want that job but obviously if you think about it from a Cardinals perspective oh we offered this job to Ian Cunningham and he's just came from the team that has the number one pick and they're awful all year why would we do that why are we going after Ian Cunningham well the reality is in NFL circles he's getting the credit for being part of the Eagles operation and building this Super Bowl roster it's way more about what he did in Philadelphia um, and his reputation within the league than anything that happened in Chicago the last year. So that that's a big reason why. And, and while Ho- Howie Roseman obviously gets most credit for building his Eagles team that's here right now in Phoenix at the Super Bowl, um, you know, let's not forget Ian Cunningham's role. What it says about the continuity, though, and, and really the, it's, that is a function of shared vision for talent, for development, for continuity, for not saying, well, here's a new person here. These aren't my guys. Coaching systems, all of it. And you know what I'm wondering, too? Howie Roseman, if you really just looked at his resume, he much more fits the role of top baseball executive than football executive. Because football still has, oh, did you play? Did you ever wear a helmet kind of thing? And, and I'm wondering if maybe the lesson is there, there should be more of that kind of thinking, more of what baseball teams have done to say, we just we need a, a, a business thinker, someone who has a, a, a sense of how to organize and, and how to do this. And it, the fact that he has a law degree and is trained to think a certain way, I just wonder why more teams don't go in that direction. So you guys remember Thomas Dimitrov, the yeah. Falcons GM, uh, who got fired in 2020. Um, and is still struggling to I, find a gig, which is weird. 
Well, so here, well, here's why I'm bringing him up because it has to do with what Dan was just talking about. Um, I had a conversation. We had a good interview with him yesterday for about 25 minutes. Um, and he had a lot of interesting things to, to say just about what he would do with the number one pick, um, what he thinks about Justin Fields and all that. So it is on the CSGO YouTube channel if people want to find it. But the reason why I was bringing this up is because what he has done since he's now not employed by an NFL team is he took one of Pro Football Focus's like top numbers guy, analytics guys, and they formed like kind of the side company called Sumer Sports. And they're basically almost like consultants now and offering up uh, a, a blended approach of Thomas Dimitrov's football background, scouting background, with the pro football focus data, analytics, um, and trying to combine that to make more informed in- decisions. And they're essentially, you know, if NFL teams want their input, they're essentially consulting, right? So, but I think it kind of speaks to what you were, you were getting at there, Dan, in that, like, and I'm a big believer in this. Like, I like analytics, and I same same thing in baseball. Like, I think sometimes we get too much into the numbers, and there still has to be a human perspective. But finding that right balance between the two, it applies to football too. And I think these the smart teams are finding a way to to make better decisions based on all the data that's available. Yesterday, I had Hogue on Football Night in Chicago on NBC Sports Chicago, and he said something to me where I was like, "Come on, really." Tell Dan what you told me about what you're hearing people say about Justin Fields around there. Yeah, well, I'm surprised at how many people seem to be not only open to the idea that the Bears should trade Fields and then draft one of the rookies, um, but are actually, like, all in on the idea. Like really think the Bears that should do that, Wait, um, and, and not a consensus of which rookie, just the idea of moving on and drafting one of them. Yes, yes, that's bizarre. Um, that's weird. And, and 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 the the thing that's been bothering me, and I said this to you yesterday, Lawrence, too, that anytime you hear like Mike Tannenbaum go on that rant about it's not a rant, it's just his opinion, but you know where he says, yeah, I would I would trade Fields, and the reason is. Because then you're resetting the rookie contract clock. Um, by the way, Rock Mamola walking behind me if you're watching on Twitch. Wow, a BMAC <laughs> sighting yesterday and a Rock Mamola today? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> there he is. Look at that. I know people on the radio have no idea what we're talking about. But um, anyway, it's just, it surprises me because you're also resetting the rookie development. <laughs> So it's great you're getting four years of the contract, but you, you're also bringing in a rookie quarterback, and that development just goes out the window. Um, granted, the Bears really haven't taken advantage of two years of development. It's probably more like one. Um, but still, I, that's where I'm so, sort of pushed back on that idea. Yeah, the contract's great, but what about the development side of it? Yeah, and, and honestly, you, I, I get that we're in year three, but you have three years, of honestly, of control. Over Justin, if we look at it from a baseball standpoint, you get three years. Like you, you pick up the fifth year option, and honestly, we could say four because then we can go. All right, if things are going really good, you can franchise them. So I, I don't understand the rush to kind of reset it when you know that there's going to be other stuff that you need to get done in the meanwhile. Also, it's not like teams that are getting to the point where they pay that quarterback. If those quarterbacks are actually really good, the problem is is when you pay the guy and they're not 
worth it. Right, but when it's Carson Wentz. Yes, those are the mistakes that are made. Yeah, if you, but there's a good you chance don't need you could to do, do that right now. I know, and, and there's there's a really yeah. high chance that whoever you draft is going to suck. Yeah, the, the, exactly. Right. exactly. There's a big probability of that. Right, Hoger, man, we appreciate Jeez. the time. Thank you so much for joining us. All right, guys, have a great day. That's Adam Hogue from Radio Row down at the Super Bowl. Next up, Kevin Harlan, who will be the play-by-play announcer for Westwood One's coverage of Super Bowl 57 that you'll hear here on The Score. He's going to join us next. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.